Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast. Each week, your host, Casey Haston, Director of Recruiting at VIP, will bring you valuable insights from thought leaders, introduce you to incredible companies, and bring you tips for landing your dream job from our team of executive recruiters at VIP. And now, Casey Haston. Welcome to the We Are VIP podcast, a podcast devoted to adding value to your career or candidate search, brought to you by VIP. I'm your host, Casey Haston, executive recruiter, director of recruiting with VIP, and your all-around hiring guru. And today, I've decided to go back to the team chat. So let me introduce two of my coworkers from VIP. Um, today, I have with me Matt Edwards, our managing director of client services, and Sabrina Turner, director of business development. They join us from the solutions division of VIP, which provides finance and accounting consulting, interim management solutions, pre- and post-acquisition consulting, and private equity solutions. You guys do a lot. Thank you for being here today. I know you two are super, super busy, and like this is like the second or third time we've tried to get together. (laughs) This is true. Indeed. Um, We... We end up having to be pretty reactive to the clients and thus you know, the personal situations as well as internal stuff just gets pushed off to the side. I understand. I understand. We're all pretty busy up there, especially during the holidays. And in Indeed. fact, Sabrina and I just went and visited one of our clients. And this is really something fun we do during the holidays is we give our clients gifts. And so that was really fun. And they're so appreciative when we do that. So Absolutely. Indeed. It's been busy. It has been busy. So, guys, I want to kind of dig into what the solutions do? Because so many times when you say solutions or project management, people are like, what? So I'm going to start with you, Matt, since I know you were kind of the linchpin to this, right? Mm -hmm. You were brought in to build out this arm of the organization, Mm -hmm. right? So you joined us in 2017, is that correct, to lead the solutions? Um, And I'm trying to, this question is so long. (laughs) And so just tell me a little bit about that. Let's just have a conversation. Sure. What would that look like when you first started? Sure. Um, I was brought in to, to build out the consulting practice for mm-hmm. VIP. And ultimately, what we do is solve client problems that are not necessarily uh, people-oriented. They're more, it's a solution to be able to solve a, a process issue within a company or you know, get over a significant hurdle. And, and largely, that, that idea of leveraging an external resource as a consultant for a company Mm-hmm. To um, to get them over those hurdles is really kind of born out of the idea that uh, companies have gone lean for the most part mm-hmm. over the extent of my career. I've experienced companies that have a you know lack of extra manpower within the organization. They have um, reduced excess capacities. They've reduced excess knowledge that they need out of the organization to only the most basic and recurring tasks that they experience as an organization. What that means is when uh, a peak period comes around or when uh, a big hurdle to get over, a big strategic initiative occurs, that they need to access specific knowledge, specific uh, manpower to get over those hurdles in an effective and efficient way. So I think I heard you say something the other day in the office, maybe overheard you say something. There's a big socks initiative that's out there right now, right, well, that the companies are struggling with? Well, right now in, within the calendar, this is the point in time in which um, clients need to go to their their board and explain where they're at within their control structure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just like budgeting is right now, they're presenting a lot of things to the board, one of which is where they're at 
control-wise, whether they have met the objectives of control within the organization, and, uh, and ultimately having to stand behind their progress there. And so at that time of year, because it gets so busy, that's maybe a time they would bring solutions in to yep. help go over those controls, right? Peak periods. Peak periods, yeah. Peak periods of need. Absolutely. And and as you know, as you get louder in the cycle, later in the cycle, mm-hmm. you end up seeing things that you need to address that might require additional manpower, additional knowledge, additional resources. And so thus you need to be able to access those efficiently, especially in those crunch time. You know, mm-hmm. right now we don't we've got just a few days before the end of the year, right? right? If we got to get over a hurdle, we got to go over it quickly and exactly. efficiently. Do you get to take Christmas off? Uh, <laughs> I, I know. I, 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 I know. My wife currently thinks so. <laughs> oh. uh, well, you need to take Christmas off. Yeah, you need, at least Christmas. It. Planning on it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So let's say that I am a client. I have a problem. We've identified that there are efficient inefficiencies. How are you going to help me overcome those? So the first thing that I want to understand is, is what is your goal? Help me understand what the inefficiency is that you're experiencing. Help me understand the hurdle that you have to get over. And ultimately, what do you want the back end to look like, right? Do you, how do you want to define success relative to getting over that hurdle? Once I understand what defines success for you, then we can start talking about, okay, if that's success, then what deliverable can I hand you? that gets you comfortable that we've succeeded, right? What deliverable mm-hmm. defines success? After that, it's really pretty easy for me to understand what steps need to be undertaken underneath that to say, okay, if, so if that's your deliverable, how do I craft that deliverable for you? Right? Then I can lay out the Gantt chart and understand how much time it's going to take, set milestones for communication, uh, and and really uh, you know, confirm our progress relative to your goals as we mm-hmm. go along the way. Okay, <clears throat> okay. So, Sabrina, um, just kind of piggybacking off that, what advice can you give on how a company can best manage Matt mm-hmm. when he comes in there and the other team members that may be working under him as part of the project? Sure. So, unlike when you have a, a regular employee, they've got their day-to-day tasks. Obviously, they've got goals and initiatives, usually for the year. Uh, when you work with the project team uh, like us, you want to really set those clear time frames. What are your goals and objectives? You know, What are your deliverables and time frames really mm-hmm. look like? Uh, so if it's something that you'd like to get accomplished in, let's say, a three-month period, it's important to really look at what percentage of completion of each individual goal and objective needs to happen and when. That way we can stay on track from a weekly basis and make sure that uh, what the client's expectations are are being met. And Matt and our team do a really excellent job of communicating that on mm-hmm. a consistent basis, um, whether it's us project managing the resource, um, kind of working with the CEO or the C-level folks to manage that resource uh, it's really just about making sure we're on the same page and being consistent with that communication on a weekly basis. And, and what I'm hearing here is that you take that pressure off those C-levels so they can go do their day-to-day job. Yep. Exactly. Yep. You're exactly yep. right. The The whole point of leveraging an external resource in this way is to stay focused on your day-to-day job as, a, as an executive mm-hmm. and offload the responsibility of managing towards an objective to the ex- external resources you brought in. And to a point that Sabrina made, and you, you mentioned it probably three or four times there, communication, communication, mm-hmm. communication. And it's not just that you know I'm going to spit out word salad to you. It's that I need to be concise and effective in my communication so that you can consume it quickly and move back into staying focused mm-hmm. on your day-to-day mm-hmm. as, a, as a 
sponsor, as an executive within the company, they don't have a lot of time to commit to what they're putting onto our our you know our resources and making us accountable for. They need to stay focused on their day to day. Without naming a client, <laughs> confidential. <laughs> we could. confidential. Yeah, <laughs> um, I, I, I'm thinking of one project in particular that I mean we had. 13, I think, people yep. out there, and it was like for a year-long engagement. Am I remembering that yep. correctly? Yeah, yeah. So, Want a little bit of background there? Yes, I'd yeah. love some. So um, it, from Genesis on that that client, we um, we got pulled in to help them manage one of their tuck-in acquisitions. Okay. Um, and you know, after that acquisition, um, it kind of ballooned from there into helping them with a lot of other initiatives. But uh, to speak to that tuck-in scenario that really engendered their confidence, um, Whenever an acquisition occurs, ultimately um, the sponsor, the one who's buying it, has certain objectives mm -hmm. for profitability that that need to be achieved. Right? It's it's what's commonly known as the deal thesis. Right? Here's why I'm buying this company. Right? And the process of executing on that, of realizing that investment and in return, really starts on day one. And the most important period to it is really the first 90 days, the first 120 days when you're setting up for future success. Um, with that, that means standardizing the way that this acquired company communicates to uh, the acquirer. Right? Um, what are the financial results going to look like? What is the control over cash and the control over disbursements and collections going to look like? Um, how do they synergize in all of the uh, the opportunities that they're looking for to maximize the investment? Those things need to be managed. And assuming that the team members that you already have in the acquirer's pool of resources to be able to go do that, as well as do their day job, mm -hmm. it's really hard to, to lay that on them. So we're brought in to be able to help them maximize on those objectives and communicate effectively on where we're at with them. Ultimately, that success with that initial investment allowed them the opportunity to go back to their board and say, look how good we did with this one. Let's re-up. Let's do it again. Let's go invest more and, and acquire and grow regionally. That's exactly what they did, and they mm -hmm. kept us on pace with other acquisitions as well as improving you know, the, what we've kind of called the, the mothership, the platform asset that they were looking to pull these tuck-ins into. So, okay, I'm going to go back just a little <laughs> bit because you are dropping a lot of knowledge here. Let's kind of explain what qualifies you to drop this knowledge. <laughs> How about that? Uh, uh, What's your background? Almost 20 years of turnaround consulting, acquisitions. Um, I started out with PricewaterhouseCoopers. Um, Just that Almost 20 company. years ago. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, you know, it, everybody gets a, a, a different experience with, you know, working for the big four. My experience was I got their worst clients, the ugliest ones, which uh. ultimately, you know, you might cringe for that, but it really lays out the opportunity effectively that there are a lot of companies out there that need this kind of support and assistance, right? I got the clients that year over year had the same problems perennially, um, never fixed, almost to the extent where we would take our representation letter at the end of the audit that says that defines all of their deficiencies. Scratch out last year's date on it. Oh, put this no. year's date. <laughs> there you go. This is the same stuff, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. What, and, what happens if they don't correct that year after year? I mean, ultimately, your board can get 
frustrated by you know the fact that you're burdened by the same thing this year as you were last year. Um, you know, you should want to improve upon those things because there's there's natural you know efficiencies and and profitability that can be gained from that. But some companies don't really have that opportunity, whether it be that they're not in a great profitable place, or whether the board wants them to stay as lean as possible, or you know they they might not have the right team members to be able to execute on on those improvement scenarios. That's the reason you bring somebody in, right? And you're also a CPA, right? Yes. That's yep. pretty impressive. Did I ever tell you that I started studying for the CPA? <laughs> did you? <laughs> Keyword, started. Did you? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, but of course I did it later in my career because, you know, I was in accounting for yep, yep, many, many yep. years. I don't, I'm not going to say how many. But, um, you know, being in accounting, um, you know, and I'd been with the company for a very long time that it ended up closing. And so I was having to look for a job. So I was like, you know, maybe, maybe I should just go get my CPA because I'm every, I see CPA everywhere. And I've been out of school for a long time at this point, which is not smart. <laughs> and I was just like... I started studying for that, and then I, as I was interviewing with recruiters, that's when I got recruited into recruiting, and I was like, I am not doing this now. <laughs> don't <laughs> don't that have an, to. Don't need <laughs> that anymore. It probably would have been a good idea to go ahead and get it, but I'm just like, nope. Uh, I don't need that. So Most most folks get into about this, whenever they hit the regulation section for the most part, which is the tax section, they go, ah, this ain't for me. Yeah. <laughs> is, that's the toughest part, right? Yeah. I mean, right? It, unless you're a tax accountant, right? Specifically focused mm-hmm. on tax, it's it's generally considered the toughest part. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I, I hear that a lot. And people like to take that first. Yeah. So get that, it out of the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get yeah. that one passed because they yeah, feel that, pretty confident about the other three. Yeah. That's actually how I did it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> That was many moons ago. Yeah. So, Sabrina, I know you're not actually going out and doing the engagements, but you're in charge of finding the engagements. So tell us a little bit about you and your approach to doing that. Sure. Um, So I have, uh, I've been fortunate. I've got 20 years uh, kind of in going from startup mode. My father started a company when I was 10, Uh, was really able to be involved at a very young age and just the development of process and kind of figuring things out as you go along and then went to school and kind of got the other applicable knowledge on that end. Um, so really from the perspective of trying to find the value for the client, mm-hmm. uh, being different and really just being able to express that value when you speak with somebody, understanding what it is that their initiatives and goals are. Um, it's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about Matt. It's about every client that we're sitting in front of really understanding what they need mm-hmm. and then being able to deliver the right people, the right solutions. Um, and if it's not a fit now, that it might be later down the road because we're there for the long term. Absolutely. And so are you... Um, as the project, what role do you play in the project once it's secured sure. and it's in process? So my goal is always just going to be to be kind of the quarterback. You know, essentially we've Ooh, got like Matt, you know, he's heading over the accounting. We've got a managing director over finance. We've got internal audit compliance and risk. So I'm kind of that person that's going to be staying in the middle of everything, making sure that if there's an initiative and a goal that we're working on over here, mm-hmm. something in internal audits not being uh, left on the table. And so just being that point person that is making sure that the client is happy, um, making sure that roadmap documents being updated with Matt and the different team members um, so that we can just keep that relationship going consistently. I think it's funny, and I probably wouldn't have caught this had we not gone on a client visit yesterday that you referenced football. Because <laughs> I had no idea you were such a 
football fan. Huge Cowboys fan. Yes, absolutely. And I think the other part too is um, being able to obviously leverage our staffing mm-hmm. uh, recruiting side of the business. A lot of times um, when you don't have those two things, it's it, you're really leaving things on the table. Um, but for our group to find and, and fix these solutions inside of a client, we can obviously uh, leverage that staffing piece as well and make sure that they have the right people in those seats. That is awesome. And I just, I just, I meant to do that in the beginning. I wanted to kind of give a little bit of background about sure. why you were qualified to speak on these sure. issues. So that's really <laughs> great. And I love that you brought up the rest of our team because, I mean, we really do have a diverse background for um, solutions that we can pretty much help with anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and even beyond that, the idea of, of when I joined VIP to, to pop up the consulting practice, the idea that I really liked was that uh, in my past, I've been able to solve problems, but I haven't been able to put new team members in place into companies by virtue of a search program that will get them the right person mm-hmm. to maintain what we've done right. in perpetuity, right? And with the opportunity with VIP, not only do I get to stabilize challenges that companies have, but I can get them an end-to-end solution by virtue of getting them the right person for their situation. I've got a very uh, strong knowledge now of what exactly they need that next layer deep so we can inform the search process that will really set them on the path to success, not just kind of, uh, well, we hope it works out. Right, (laughs) right. Well, and I think it's so important what you just said, that we do have the different verticals, and we talked about those last time, we're not here to sell anything to Day, but it, it's teamwork. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to your yeah. football analogy. It's exactly. all teamwork. You got your defense, you got your offense, you got yeah. that's all I know about football. So <laughs> you have a kicker, which we now have a new one for Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. We were talking about that yesterday. But I think it's so important because, like, there are times when my clients come to me and they're like, Hey, Casey, I got somebody going out on mat leave. Can you find me somebody? Well, I don't do the contract side, but I've got a whole team over there that does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I can pull those resources. And, you know, I had a client that was doing an ERP implementation. So I pulled Matt in on that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, it's just great to have that team and that support. Exactly. And even further beyond that, it's nice to feel like I can provide them exactly what they need. And I don't have to shoehorn in only what I have on my, mm-hmm. on my shelf. That's important. <clears throat> I agree completely. That is yep. very, you know, my last guest that I just had is a coach, um, a sales coach, and he talked about his backpack. And he's like, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to listen to you and I'm going to hear what it is that you need. And I'm trying to think, he said, so if you tell me you need a curling iron and all I have is hairspray, I'm going to have to tell you I'm not the right person for you. And I think that we're really good about doing that too, because we choose who we work with very carefully. Mm -hmm. So, so let's kind of go back to our clients for a second and let's talk about, okay, we, they've set their goals there and you've kind of touched on this, but let's kind of dig a little bit deeper. How can we best ensure that we bring those goals to fruition for our clients? Yeah. Uh, ultimately, it's active communication on it, right? Well, mm-hmm. we, we set from the outset goals and objectives and even tactical activities underneath those goals and objectives and how we plan to execute on it, right? And so uh, what we have to do is concisely communicate to our sponsors, to our client, here's what we're going about and doing to achieve those goals and putting that in front of them so yes. that if they see us diverging a path that they don't think is is going to be fruitful, they can very quickly say, hey, let me adjust that. As well, from our standpoint, if we're not getting what we need from them, we have that lever to pull and say, hey, yes. we need your attention because we're not getting what we need. And ultimately, we won't be successful if we don't get it. Can you think of a specific example? Again, no names, but and not too much information that we give it away. But can you think of a specific example where you had a goal, 
and it wasn't you weren't going to hit that goal for some reason or another and how you dealt with the client on that uh, well uh, uh, every engagement experiences that point in which we we look at it and we say without x we can't provide y right okay. and so with that every, every week as we go on we're identifying things that we need from the client or roadblocks that we need and and this uh, communication method that we utilize, this active communication, um, you know, as an example, we provide weekly status updates that are consumable on a mobile device that, that a sponsor can look at, understand quickly where we're at, and move on. 30-second type consumption items. Um, from that standpoint, we experience that all the time. All of these problems that we are tasked with, that we are accountable for, are ones that maybe the client doesn't fully understand at the outset, and nor do we. We will encounter problems. We need to be able to communicate that effectively and work together to find how we get around that roadblock. So, um, you know, a great example relatively recently was uh, our client was tasking us to rack up a whole backlog analysis on um, what, you know, what their acquisition had in the pipe and compare it with, uh, with what the due diligence said. And ultimately, what we found was that the due diligence team had had to cobble together quite a bit of pieces of information. And the sponsors, the client, assumed that that was all right there accessible within the, you know, within a, a system. And it's like, no, they don't have Salesforce. No, they don't have a, a CRM. No, they don't have any of these kind of things. It was cobbled together. And so although, they're literally <laughs> manually going out and reaching into different yep, places yep. to find this information yep. for those that don't understand what that stuff is. Yep. Right. So a client that may want to, uh, you know, be able to analyze that in, in a, you know, big data type capacity, uh, not really going to be able to be done unless you, you put in some rigor of a system behind it, that kind of thing. So um, you know, the commitments that we might have made from the outset to help support the delivery of that backlog and the analysis of it, we've got to say, hey, there's a lot of front-end work that is needed to get to the point before that. And that's a challenge and that's a hurdle that needs to be overcome. That's a great example. Thank you for that. That's a really good one because I think a lot of people don't think about that when you're, you know, bringing in those smaller companies. They don't have the support or, you know, that we're used to. Yep. Even yep. though we're in a small company, it's not that small. Yep. So, uh, you know, in, in acquisitions, for instance, you brought in a lot of high dollar people to get you there, right? right. To get you comfortable with this purchase at the outset those people go away <laughs> after acquisition. And so now, you know, you've got to figure out a way to get that same piece of information that you you got by virtue of a lot of high dollar folks. Well, well let's talk about that because you're right. You know, um, how can we make sure when the consultants leave that they aren't taking that knowledge with them? And, you know, how do we prepare them for success in the future? Yeah, I mean, I think what's important there is, is having that, again, roadmap document that when you're leaving, you're kind of giving it to them as a gift. And a lot of companies don't do that. So whatever consulting agency or, or firm that, that anybody chooses to go with, they really need to make sure that that is uh, agreed upon at the onset. That when, when this person leaves, they're leaving you know, a narrative with very specific um, what the goals and objectives were, what was completed. That way that person moving forward knows that if there's another uh, type of opportunity or project that comes up that's similar, they can use that as kind of an outline for working with the next one. That sounds kind of like our role transitioning that we yep, do. Indeed. So. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, I, I'm, I'm beholden to our search partners on that side. And one of the edicts that they gave us was we need to, to put our 
our candidates that we place into companies in a position to succeed. Yep. Right. And from that standpoint, I need to be able to put in their hands a roadmap, a task by task roadmap that says, here's how you go be successful. Right. Do these things you succeed. Don't do them. You'll probably fail. Whenever we exit engagements, we can do that same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. We solved these problems by virtue of this task list. This is how we went about doing it. Maintaining it after the fact can be done by utilizing this task list. Here it is. Mm -hmm. Maintain this. You succeed. Don't. You will probably fail. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you an example (laughs) of where that did fail. And it was not because we weren't trying. And it wasn't on the solution side. So we, and I won't give the name of the company, of course, or the candidate, but we placed a candidate with a company. And there was one person doing that job. And that person left before she started. There was no training. A gap. We offered, because we were trying to help her be successful, we offered so many times to have somebody from Solutions go out there that knew that role, because it was a role she had not done before, do our role transitioning, and give her a map so she could be successful. They kept ignoring it. They kept ignoring the problem, not giving her training. Two and a half months later, she found another job. Oh, yeah. It, it's it's pervasive, yeah. um, especially in companies. We've talked about that lean concept, right? The idea of taking excess time to sit down and document out exactly what mm-hmm. it takes to do this role. A lot of employees don't want to do it because they think, well, I'm giving my successor you know, a roadmap to go, you know, for them to pull me out and put somebody else in. Right. But, it, you know, the way that you've got to look at it is if, if you as an organization have that document for all your roles, then ultimately, if somebody does leave, then the burden doesn't get spread across your other resources in an inefficient way. Mm-hmm. It can be more efficiently managed and thus the whole rest of the organization won't feel like they're, they've now taken on that burden and they won't get frustrated as well. You're in a better position to manage that, to understand how to spread that burden across your team or whether you, you know, I've got to bring in somebody and I've got to bring them in quick. And, and if you are in that situation of bringing in somebody quick, it's really helpful to have a roadmap. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, if you had a restaurant, you wouldn't just not have recipes written down. You get a new <laughs> cook that comes in, you say, hey, make that chicken parmesan. I mean, there's no there's right. no means of comparison if you don't have the specifics of that recipe. And it's the yeah. same thing for an organization. You're essentially wanting to write down the ingredients for the recipe for success. And that way, whether it's you or you that are in that role, yeah. um, it's going to be done and accomplished in the appropriate way. Another good analogy. You're yeah. good at those. Uh, you know. I do like that analogy. That's a Really good. <laughs> Just came to my mind. So, <laughs> what does VIP do differently from the other organizations that sets us apart? There's there's a ton of people out there that kind of mm-hmm. do this, right? Absolutely. So, what sets us apart? Well, first and foremost, I can't think of another group that is integrated solutions and search the way that we have, right? delivering that full cycle solution. Mm-hmm. Right. That's that's something that when I started with VIP, we quickly figured out that was our our niche. That was our thing, right? Mm-hmm. We can handle organizational and employee transitions in a way that none of our competitors can. And even on a, on a national basis, I struggle to really think of firms that do it mm-hmm. in that way. Um, from that standpoint, they either do search, they may do some portion of search right. or they do consulting and and ultimately if the company decides to bring in a resource to replace the consultants or an employee to bring in the consultants the consultants are gone it's a hard cut off yep right? and and in our situation it's not 
great. You want to put in a perm? Fantastic. I'm ready to transition. I, I'm happy to help you with that. And I know yep. exactly how to inform that search. Right. right. <clears throat> exactly. That's yep. really good. You know, I think that, um, and I say this all the time on this podcast, you know, we are so fortunate to work for such, such an innovative, forward-thinking yep. company. And they are so nimble and so quick to pivot when they see that they need to pivot or to try something new. Hello, a podcast. You know, <laughs> I mean, this is pretty out there for a lot of people. Yeah, sure. And it's definitely bringing value to our clients. So, well, guys, this has been fantastic. Um, yeah, we are getting to us. the end of the show. Yes. Um, I do have the three VIP <laughs> questions that nobody oh gets out of here without a- answering. Oh, no. But I'm not going to make all, you answer all of them. Oh, so, thank <laughs> so the first one, Sabrina, I'd like for you to answer this one. Okay. It's a fun one. <laughs> so if you were chosen to be one of the first colonists on Mars, what three things or people would you take with you? Wow, that's a good one. Um, I mean, I would think from a pragmatic perspective, you would want to have a doctor, a builder, and a farmer. Because if, if See, I'm kids. not capable of doing each of those things, I would certainly want to have people that can go. And that way I can eat, build something, and live in some right? type of good structure be and healthy. obviously uh, be able to be healthy. That's so awesome. That's, that's, that's what I very would practical. <laughs> I think I had one of the best answers to that the other day. Um, somebody said, and those were good. That's good. And it's kind of along those lines. They said, I would take Elon Musk. <laughs> I was like, right. He's got a car up there somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you already got a ride. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's that's awesome. pretty funny. <laughs> so, Matt, I know sure. you're busy. I'm not real sure you sleep, but let's assume that you do. And what is one thing you do each day to set you up for success? Sure. Um, I think it, it's born out of the idea that when I'm plugged in, I'm very plugged in Mm -hmm. and I've got it coming in from all different directions of emails and calls and texts and all kinds of stuff. And so from that standpoint, uh, unplugging, um, going for a jog, doing something, even if it's sitting in my, my chair and just thinking through what I need to achieve today on a personal and a professional level, um, laying out those things, it helps focus on what you're trying to achieve throughout the day. And, And, you know, not just what, what things I have to knock out work-wise, but, you know, what I, where do I want to be at the end of this day? I am shocked that you unplug. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm a little shocked, too. <laughs> it's, it, it certainly isn't for a long period of time, right? the extent of a, a few-mile jog or, or uh, you know, uh, a few minutes in the morning. That's motivational minutes. Uh, <laughs> one minute. One minute. It's, it's more a focus minute, like, uh, what do I really need to get done? That's you know, great. that's interesting that you say that because every morning um, – I, I tell people I like to put my day in order, and so I get up and I journal. I meditate, and then I journal. Yeah. And when I journal, I do the big three, the big the three yeah. rocks, and pick out. You know, I make my list, and then I pick out my big three, and these are the things I absolutely have to get done that day. So, I'm kind of impressed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it it uh, it serves me well because it it keeps me from being you know chaotic and kind of afraid at the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. Focused and then stuff doesn't come back to bite you. Do you use any kind of journal for that, or is it just in your head? You write uh, it down. Uh, I put it in a, like a calendar event, that kind of thing. I can always oh. come back to it and you know throw a calendar event on, on the calendar at six a.m. or at you know late in the evening that that is kind of outside of my day and mm-hmm. it allows me to go access it and keep track of it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, final question, and I'm going to ask this of both of you. Uh, okay. <laughs> So if your life's work was being summarized in a news article, what would the headline be? That's a tough one. You want to go first or you want me? No, I have to think of that. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, 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 I, 
I would say the headline for, for me and for pretty much everything of what I do professionally is from a work standpoint and everything. It's, it's never glory work. It's all kind of behind the scenes or before the glory, right? Um, in most situations, I'm trying to prepare them to go be successful, right? Mm-hmm. Um, stabilize a problem is what I've kind of referenced before. So I would say something to the tune of preparing for success. I like <clears throat> it. I like it. Wow. Pressure back on me now. <laughs> um, I mean, I think with most of my career, I've always shot for the larger goal, something that is, um, for a lot of people, maybe unattainable. And so I've always pushed myself out of my comfort zone. Uh, and I think being a woman and, and being in certain roles, uh, pushing myself to that top. So maybe something along the lines of, you know, breaking barriers um, while, you know, trying to reach the summit of Everest. <laughs> <laughs> You know they found that first the body of the first guy oh, that ever geez. tried to climb Everest. <laughs> oh, and it, it was still, I'll bring someone oh, with me. It was not sure. decomposed. Oh, oh it, was just it was because perfectly. it got preserved. Oh, it was yeah. So I watched that documentary the other day, and it was just wow. Oh yeah, well, I'll have a Sherpa with me. Don't uh, worry. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sure. very important. <laughs> All right, guys, how do people get in touch with you? Yeah. Well. Uh, well, you can always reach me at uh, through our our website, and uh, my email is m edwards at wearevip.com. Yep, and my email is sturner at wearevip.com, and of course through the website as well. Yeah, and you two, are you active on LinkedIn? Very we active. Are. You can find me there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure that you, when you connect with uh, Matt or Sabrina, that you mention in the subject line that you saw them on the podcast and you want to learn more about what they yeah. do. So, well, guys, great. this has been fun. Very yeah, fun. Has. Thanks yep. for having us. Yeah, Thank I just you. have one more thing to say to y'all. Yes. You are VIPs. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And that's a wrap for today. Join us next week here on the We Are VIP podcast. We'd love to know how we can help you be a VIP. To find out more, log on to wearevip.com.